Welcome, cadets and captains, to M-Class Podcast. Is that this show? That's the one we're on right now, and it's the best one in the whole universe. Hell yeah, we're still doing it, even though everything's crazy. We got that space COVID going around. What are we going to do out here in space where we live? Nah, we're, we're fine. I don't think it can live in the vacuum of space. Maybe it can, though. They find like lots of things can. That's terrifying. <laughs> I just made you feel better, I think. About I feel whole... good now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're not really in space, so it's actually worse than what I said. <laughs> I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Josh. If you haven't listened to M-Class before, it's not usually that depressing. Every two weeks, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media, pick it apart, decide if it's great, or if... Uh, Mar- if Alex Kurtzman could have made it. Oh, uh, so you like? I'm not. I'm gonna tangent immediately. Sure, right. Tangent right you, out the gate. I know from Twitter that you watched Picard. Yeah, I tweeted. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you missed out on a banger of a tweet where I said I finished watching Star Trek Picard. A lot more decapitations than I thought there'd be. <laughs> yeah, that ninja cuts the yeah. dudes. I haven't watched. I thought it. there was gonna be zero, but you as would, it turns out, there think. were like five. <laughs> I don't think there are any in TNG. I don't think so. I don't think there are any in any of the movies. I, I wouldn't count on that. I'm sure there's a Borg who gets his head lobbed off. There, I was going to say, maybe there's like a, a Borg. There's some torture porn in Picard as well. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They kill off a lot of beloved uh, characters. Yeah, I know some of that. And um, the way I've been describing Star Trek Picard is that it's like uh, First Contact and Nemesis had a baby and it was raised entirely on a steady drip of nostalgia. Oh, well, that makes it sound like better than what I have perceived it to be. There and are that's, things about that's it that's a I very like. forgiving, me being very forgiving. Yes. Uh, there are things about it I like, yeah. but they are vastly outweighed by things by the, about it that I don't care about. By for. the Kurtzmanness of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I know we all get, like, uh, if we want to, we can all get CBS All Access for free for a month. Yeah. And I, I went to sign up for it, and I was just like, you know what? I don't even fucking care. I, was, I can't even be fucking bothered to get this free thing. <laughs> I, I, I literally was like, I don't care. I would suggest watching it. Oh, God, now I gotta watch this shit. Yeah, fuck you. It's, it, uh, maybe I'll watch Battlestar Galactica one day. Yeah, except for you, that's great, and for me, it's bad. <laughs> it's not equivalent whatsoever. It's, like, completely imbalanced, because like, I would love to watch... You know what I would give to delete my brain to have not seen Battlestar to go back and watch it again? It's so good. Watch Picard, you bitch! <laughs> Instead, I'll just feed myself candy. You know and, what like, the wildest part is? Like, I was joking about the decapitations. You called him like a ninja. Yeah, uh, Elnor, the Romulan, and it is, is he the ninja? He's the ninja. I actually liked him more than a lot of the other characters in it. He was actually a really fun character. That that's I liked. a testament, I think, to maybe the actor who plays him. People were uh, saying that he like sucks, but I found him like he had this sort of. He's like obviously from New Zealand because his accent keeps coming through. Yeah, and he has this sort of like New Zealander charm 
that all New sure. Zealand actors have. Like that ta- Taiki, the, the yeah, Taiko guy. Waititi. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like incredibly charming. Like I I love him. I love him I, too. I, actually, I don't know. Like it, it, he's just fucking great, right? He is. Like this actor, he. I guess I'll fucking preface this with Picard spoilers, sort of about sure. the character Elnor. I'm sure if you read his bio on anything, it would tell you. He uh, follows a religious order within the Romulan, uh, within the Romulans that uh, they value truth and honesty above absolutely everything else, and just immediately saying what you think and feel. Yeah, it's like anti-Vulcanism. It, it's kind of like like a like a pre like an early stage of Vulcanism, like of logic. Right? It's like it's like anti-Vulcanism, really, because it's like share your feelings at all times. Right. Ne- don't hold yeah. anything in whatsoever. I can. So I kind of. He can just get straight that. up says shit that like no one should ever say to people. So he's he's Drax from a, not Guardians. A little, a little bit. Little Drax, Drax is a lot more comedic. Like this character has like a genuine like emotional arc throughout yeah. the. Or at least like an emotional tether. I don't think he goes on much of an arc. I don't think right. anybody really does. No, no one's going on any uh, arcs. <laughs> but like, he just, uh, I guess Seven of Nine is in it. Everybody fucking knows that. He's like, yeah. if you hate being a Borg so much, how come you don't just kill yourself? <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> That's actually pretty great. He has no malice behind it whatsoever. Yeah, it's just it's what just, he thinks comes out of like, his mouth. I'm telling you, it's like the first stages of logic is embracing truth, right? Like Probably. it's his truth, and it's Probably. not like logical truth. But uh, it's very, it's very like proto Vulcan. That's kind of neat. There, there, throughout most of Star Trek Picard, during the parts, there are two separate parts I enjoyed. One where they just force feed you nostalgia. They give baby the plane coming into the hangar. For some nostalgia. <laughs> is there a baby Picard? I thought you were going to no. say there's a baby Picard, like a baby Yoda. There's a baby Picard Oda. No. I would, um, I would I would watch that because it's probably better than... Like, uh, they they fly the... They give you your nostalgia banky, and uh-huh. it's hard not to enjoy this uh, I kind of want to know nostalgia. what it is, but I don't want to ruin it for people, I yeah. guess. I don't, there's I don't a know. lot of TNG nostalgia in it. That, like, they give you little spoonfuls, and then they, like... They open up the fucking jar and shove it down your throat at a certain point, but oh, no. Um, when any of the new stuff happened that I like, I forget I'm watching Star Trek. Yeah, because it's not. It's not. It's like a. I think Yakub was the one who said that it's, or maybe Spivzy. I forget. Said that it's like a D and D campaign that somebody wrote. Well, that's how I feel about all of Abrams and his disciples. Like, it's like they got out your toy chest where you play with your toys a certain way, and then they're playing with your toys uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, they definitely play with Picard wrong. Like, he doesn't yeah. seem like the same character at all in yeah, this. He's 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 a uh, what? He's like a mix between like Professor Xavier, like in the Wolverine movies, where he's kind of just like grizzled Professor Xavier. There, right? There's. I'm not going to get into any spoilers with Picard whatsoever, but there are several moments in Picard where, like, Crystal and I were watching it, and we started laughing because it was, like, yeah. it was the exact moment in real life where you're trying to tell your grandpa something, and he's not paying any attention. 
and he just sort of smiles and nods at you. Picard yeah. does that all the time to people. He's not. It's like it looks like he's not paying attention. He might not be. He might just be phoning it in, man. Who knows though? Who fucking knows? Like, he's, man. He starts smiling and nodding while people are telling him these like fucking super important emotional things. Like he's not paying yeah. any attention. <laughs> well, yeah, because like TNG Picard had this like laser focus, right? Yeah, like, he was very focused and. Every now and then you'd get that like let like where he's like uh, I I know exactly what what you're talking about because Patrick Stewart does it all the time yeah where he he just nods and tilts his head back and he smiles it's like yeah. a it's like a, an actor's he's learned to like harness that acting ability right it's, it it just seems like Grandpa is not paying attention you started talking about like the Green a, New Deal to Grandpa and yeah. he stopped paying attention to you. <laughs> That's some editing then, because I know I can I can already tell I can I can already see it is like they cut to him doing that and it's like well why did you do that like you 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 did it because it's some Patrick of it Stewart. is editing some of it is editing some of it is a deliberate choice by him because there's no edit between what they're saying and his reaction that's just bad that's bad writing it's it, just it's boring that means boring shit is happening um there there is some, <laughs> an episode that goes on far too long. That everyone who's watching off? it, everyone who's watching it knows which episode I'm talking about. There's an episode where it's it's feeding you nostalgia. It's giving you what you want from this show, the little nostalgia nuggets. Yeah, and like I said, it opens the jar and starts pouring it down your throat. And oh man, it just goes on forever. All right, well I'll have to like sign up for this and it's, fucking force myself to watch this stupid shit. If you don't. Like, while I'm watching a movie or a TV show sometimes, but always with a movie, while I'm watching a a big, dumb movie, I don't pay attention to the plot holes throughout it. That only happens later. Yeah, yeah, the first time, yeah. Where, like, if you don't look at anything closely, the narrative works. But right. as soon as you try to examine anything, it starts to unravel immediately. Well, that's how I feel about the Rise of Skywalker, and I, I got some. I think on the Discord, which uh, you should be a part of. Yeah, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/mclasspodcast. I got a little not some not flack from it, but people were like, "I don't understand," because I'm usually I'm so like, "Fuck this." Um, but yeah, like the so the first time I saw it, I was like, "It's fine, whatever." And then I, I watched it like many times since. And like it starts to creep in where you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> the entire <laughs> like, the entire linchpin of Picard is a character had a plan, yeah, for uh, two other characters to do something, and when you if that's vague enough for you, and when you sure. look at what his plan may have been because you never get no one ever tells you the actual plan it's never revealed right it's a mystery it's uh, everything's a fucking mystery when you all look the time. at it it makes uh, no sense there's no way he had a plan there's none yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Kurtzman dude he's fucking horrible like he's he's so much worse than Abrams and I think Abrams is atrocious he's an atrocious writer he's terrible Kurtzman is like I don't know like fucking J.J. Abrams reproduced by budding and like Alex (laughs) Kurtzman fell out of a wound on him he's like a multiplicity J.J. Abrams like the farther you go the dumber they get in that movie right like Michael Keaton's are like really dumb at the end that's Kurtzman is like like generation 50 <laughs> Picard has some stuff in it that I really liked, and it had some stuff in it that I really didn't care for. There are uh, new characters that I like, 
And Who do you like? You like the elf? <laughs> well, yeah, the I liked the Tolkien elf that was in it. I yeah, thought he was like cool. The samurai elf is yeah. kind of cool, and that's um, kind of that is kind of cool. Like I, I won't say that because we always talk about it's how silly like, as fuck, but it, yeah. it makes sense in the context of the story, which is yeah. better than a lot of characters get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are periods of time when I like Rafi, Rafi Musiker. Yeah, yeah, there are periods of time where I'm just like, I don't get this character. What am I supposed to be taking away from this? Yeah, that's kind of my because I I watch. Uh, I, I know we talk about them a lot. I watch the Red Letter Media reviews of a lot of these. Yeah, I haven't seen and any of them. I try not to like let them always like <laughs> like sway me because they're very persuasive and yeah. how how funny they are. And a lot of times I, I disagree. I did see the first episode, the first and second episodes that they talked about. I've seen those, but I haven't seen yeah. any since. Yeah, toward the end, they're just like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "They're like, I hate this." They're like, "I hate doing this show." <laughs> I ended up really liking, and it may just be a testament to the actor. I ended up really liking uh, Captain Rios. Okay, I don't know who that is. He's he's like the the ship's captain that Picard hires to take him oh, on okay, this mission. Okay. He like he's like a cigar chomping kind of cool guy. Okay. But um, the actor plays... His ship has emergency holograms for everything because he's the only person on it. Right. And he plays all of the emergency holograms as well. That's not bad. That's not bad. And the thing is, I thought that was going to annoy the fuck out of me to begin with. Yeah. And I ended up really liking it. So that's a testament to the actor. Yeah, that's a, that's something that like is pretty clever but you can only bring out every so often right yeah i mean they don't they don't really run it into the ground and they don't really explain it too much until later i didn't even know the same actor was playing the holograms until the second one showed up right and then you were like oh yeah because the first one looked a lot like him like i turned to crystal and i was like is that the same guy and she was like i don't know (laughs) see this is what like kurtzman and abrams do they they like like muddy the waters of their own story and they think it's some kind of like funny mystery like gotcha twist but it winds up just like hurting the show because like or the movie because then you're like but wait why did you do that i I really thought that it was gonna be bad because like as soon as i realized it was played by the same actor i was like oh god they're like brent spinering this man they're just giving him all these roles and he's it's gonna suck but uh, he did a he did a good job with them, and there's a in universe reason why they're all him as well. I'm assuming he like is a hologram guy or no, something. No, he is not a hologram guy. <laughs> but he's like a pirate. Is he like a pirate? He's like a he's the best way I could describe him is like they wanted a Han Solo. And yeah, so I said Han Solo. Yeah, he's like a Han yeah, Solo. They wanted a yeah. Han Solo, but the actor didn't want to play Han Solo. He yeah, wanted to play in his own character. Yeah, because who the fuck does? Who can? There's Jesus. there's definitely like mo- there's moments in the script that are like, oh, he's supposed to be a Han Solo, but the right. actor does his best to make him his own character because he's ex Starfleet, and okay. the plot, the reason why he's ex Starfleet is like the crux of his emotional character in the show. All right, it's uh, a stupid reason. Why of course, of he's ex Starfleet, but uh, he does the best he can with it. <laughs> Man, can you imagine if somebody wrote this show that like uh, Rich? Can yeah. you imagine if it was like <laughs> written well. Rich didn't even put this fucker in the show because I guess he he didn't like Rios. 
The only there are a lot of characters. He didn't put Elnor in it either, which I guess like he saw the previews and was like, I'm not putting fucking uh, yeah the Lord of Rivendell in my Star Trek. <laughs> There's a literal fucking elf from Rivendell here. Like with one, one, of the, one of the great Kenya, Quenya are here with his fucking <laughs> mystical blade. I mean, I can't wait until the Balrog shows up next season. <laughs> uh, that's not what this show is about. <laughs> uh, we're like 15 minutes of the episode at this point. That's not what the show is about. This week we're going to be talking about the Star Trek The Original Series episode Spectre of the Gun. Ooh, yeah. It's uh, season three, episode one on Netflix. It's episode six? Yeah, I uh, I had to... <laughs> I like went to the Twitter and I was like, hey, wait, what What does it say? Which episode is it? I was like, it says it's one. And then I, I was like on Netflix and I'm like, six? Yeah, Hold on. that's the biggest difference we've ever had so far. It's jarring because I'm like, am I on the right season? I'm like looking, I'm like, am I even in the right fucking Star Trek here? (laughs) (laughs) Spectre of the Gun was uh, directed by uh, Vincent Macaviti. I think it's Macaviti. Macaviti. Who um, directed feature films at the time, including like a bunch of the Zorro films. Oh, sweet. Uh, he directed a lot of shit I've never heard of, so, such as Petroselli. Yeah, a lot of movies from this time are very bad. The Strongest Man in the World, the movie about Artie from Pete and Pete. Oh, wow, they made a movie about <laughs> Artie in 1968? That's crazy. Uh, he directed episodes, of course, of T.J. Hooker, Diagnosis <laughs> Murder, and Murder, She Wrote. Dude was big into like murder shows. Loves murder. He also Everyone wrote one of the absolute best episodes of Star Trek ever, Balance of Terror. Wow. Or he directed Balance of Terror. I mean, he didn't write it. Um, well, that's good. I fucking love Balance of Terror. Um, I know you do. <laughs> the writer, as listed for Spectre of the Gun, is Lee Cronin. Which, uh-huh. uh, John Larroquette, fun fact of the week for you, is actually Gene L. Last Name. How interesting and racist of a last name. <laughs> I just don't like saying his last name, everybody. I'm either. sorry. I don't either. That's a, that's a bad one. Like, that's a real hard yeah. one to um, say. <laughs> so, uh, Gene L. Last Name had a huge falling out with Gene Roddenberry, who has a respectable last name. I assume that's what it was over. <laughs> and yeah. um, he still wanted to work on the show so the other producers of the program and the executives basically just told him to write episodes under a pseudonym and they yeah. wouldn't tell Gene Roddenberry who he was you you could do that in 1968 where like apparently nobody ever needed to go into a meeting ever <laughs> he was apparently fired is the thing over the yeah. differences and then he just kept working as Lee Cronin instead that's fucking that's like a that's a whole fucking mood man that's a, that's a power move dude <laughs> I'm fired I don't think so <laughs> I think I don't think I'm fired I'm coming on a Monday with a fake mustache. <laughs> Uh, Gino, last name, wrote The Devil in the Dark in four days, which I found extremely interesting. Yeah, a lot of this is like, these dudes would just sit down at like a typewriter and just get drunk and like write this shit. And that's me like romanticizing the fuck out of writing. Yeah. But 
Well, they had, There's they had a friends. fucking deadline. They're straight up like, yeah. if you don't do it in four days, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, yeah. Uh, God, I still imagine? would have chosen a different last name if I was him. He should have been he Gene should, L. Cronin. He should have just changed his name legally to Gene L. Cronin. And then wore a fake mustache and big, like, shades to work Before- every day. <laughs> Before anybody writes in and they're like, you fucking lib cucks, that word means raccoon. Yeah, yeah but it nah. also doesn't mean that. So Yeah, I'm also I'm also not going to call a raccoon that. Like, no, I'm, I'm definitely I'm not, not. I don't fuck I don't fuck my sister, so I don't call raccoons yeah. that. So. I don't I don't fuck with that word regardless of Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that word, so. Um so uh, thank you for choosing the name Lee Cronin for yourself. I could just use that. <laughs> it's a cooler name, man. It's a it's a way cooler name. I mean, obviously, there's not much that wouldn't be cooler, but that's a cool name, Cronin. And then Damn, later, sounds... he changed his name to Cronenberg. Yeah, there you, and that's where you get all you get all you get the thing. You get all this shit. Thank you, Lee David Cronenberg. <laughs> Uh, even though we haven't talked about this episode whatsoever, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Aliens, you shall be punished. You, Captain Kirk, yours shall be the pattern of your death. I'm not Ike Clinton. Well, I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Kirk. You've got until five tonight to get your horse-stealing scurvy crew out of town. The Earps will kill the Clantons at the OK Corral at five o'clock. We are the Clantons. At one minute past five, you'll find a hole in your head right from this gun. We're not going to move from this spot. Their shadows, illusions, nothing but ghosts. And we're back, and contrary to popular belief, this episode is about TOS. Uh, I almost watched uh, Times Arrow because that's what you were talking about to me the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't look at the... And then I, I had a, a remembering that we do them usually in order of like uh, how the show came out, right? Yeah, so that wouldn't have made I, any sense. So I would have watched Times Arrow Part 1 and been like, wait, what? <laughs> Everybody should get excited for the next episode because Kevin Cole is going to be on it to talk about oh. a fistful of datas with us. Oh, shit. That's actually a really good one. I love a fistful of datas. Uh, it's so stupid, but it's great. Spectre of the Gun, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this would have really benefited from Holodex being a thing. Yes, you can tell they don't know how to like set up why they're where they're at, right? Yeah, they it's have an very... idea. Like they go back to the an old west town and it's like haunted yeah. or something, like right. It's yeah. So like, and a lot of it is like incomplete because it's a set, right? Like yeah. it's just like set pieces from a western that was being shot. I thought that was clever in a way, like a yeah. clever workaround. Yeah, they, it's it's a clear workaround, and I think like. You're again, like you're seeing like the limitations of the time. Like, yeah, they just they couldn't just be like, okay, I need a set that looks like a town, or like they like they couldn't go out on location to a western town, right? 
for whatever reason. Like, I don't know. It would cost, like, 20 bucks. They couldn't afford that. Couldn't afford it, yeah. They couldn't afford I guess, bus yeah. fare for everybody. Are you kidding? <laughs> they have, have to drive everybody. Ugh, fuck that. No. There, there's, like, a surrealism to this episode that I find really cool. Like, the sky yes. is this blood red, and, it's, like, everything is lit in this very, like, reds and purples yeah, scheme. Yeah, it scratched that Twilight Zone itch. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, like this is, like, Twilight Zone episode, right? Like, there's, I get it. There's, like, a strange sort of, like, almost anti-gun message in this that Kirk yeah. almost ruins at the beginning. Because he well, looks he, at the gun, he, yeah. and he's, like, a beautiful specimen, isn't it? Yeah, but that kind of makes sense for him because he likes antiques and it's stuff. True. And like, it kind of, it's, it's kind of right. But, I, I, mean, I didn't take do, it. They so do much like as... hit on the anti-gun sort of oh, message, yeah, yeah. whether they meant to or not. When um, McCoy is holding the gun and he says, "In all of this unreality, a stark reminder that death is real," and he like yeah. touches the gun. I thought it was funny when Chekhov is like, I'll just step out of the way. Yeah, because he's so fucking dumb in this episode. It, but it's like, it's like maybe that's what he thinks, like, like he could do that with a gun. Because he's never been shot at before no. with a gun, you know? So who knows? Maybe he's like, I'll just move out of the way like a bow and arrow, you know? <laughs> like, I don't think he could move out of the way of a bow and arrow either, but... The Federation is kind of fucked up in this episode when you think about it. They're like, they're really mean to Kirk and crew. They're like, all right, yeah. we need you to contact the Melkatonians. Sure, that's them. Melkatians, the, I think it yeah. is. You need to contact the Melkatians. They're really like reclusive and they don't like outsiders. And Kirk's like, cool. And he leaves the room and like the admirals are start like laughing at each other. Like, hee hee hee. Yeah, they're, they're like, he's not going to be able to do this. We finally got him, boys. <laughs> He'll stop fucking our wives. <laughs> um, there's like a buoy out in space, which is fun. And I feel like this episode really benefited from being remastered in a way that yes. a lot of other episodes don't. Exactly. This one, you really kind of see like, oh, no, this was a good idea to yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. Like The space buoy looks like something that's alien. It looks point. weird. It looks like a toy from the 80s. It does. It looks like one of those toys that, like, has the stick in it, and when you pull it out, like, sparks shoot everywhere yeah, inside of it. Yeah, it, like, spins around and shit, yeah. Miss those toys. They probably burnt so many children. Probably burned people's houses down. <laughs> probably. But, um, th they basically have a voice, which is, um, played by James Doohan, as most, uh, oh. voice acting in the show is done. He does lots of really good different voices. Yeah, he he really missed his calling as an actual voice actor, I think. Well, this is like before cartoons were like real. That's true. <laughs> There's probably no money whatsoever in yeah. voice acting. Nah. Um like Kirk hears it the warning that the buoy gives them in English, but Spock yeah. hears it in Vulcan, Chekhov hears it in Russian, and Uhura hears it in Swahili. I thought that was a really cool, <laughs> like, oh, remember that these like people are like different and they yeah. can hear different things like i thought that was a cool universe building moment i was like ah that's neat i think so as well like anytime you get a little reminder that all these like disparate people are working together towards the yeah. same goal i always like that yeah um so they figure out very quickly that the buoy is working on a telepathic level right because obviously <laughs> and they try and talk to it Kirk is like I'm Captain Kirk of the USS Enterprise and I want to be your best friend and yeah we're here for peace and stuff and then he's like play it again and then they play it 
she plays it again or her uh, and then they're like nothing's happening <laughs> so like Kirk <laughs> makes one of his classic I have to make this decision for the episode to happen decisions yes. instead of just sitting there maybe for like 10 more minutes yeah. and like trying like, other things attempting yeah. to contact it with like any other type of contact besides right. audio right he's like well let's just go past it He's like, let's just drive past it. He's like, shield up, drive past it. And they beam down to the planet. Kirk brings a pretty much the largest landing party of main named characters ever. Oh yeah, there's like no extraneousness going on. It's no. like it's a uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, obviously the three, yeah. and Scotty and Chekhov. And it's like, damn. He's he like looked around and he's like, Sulu in this episode? No, all right, yeah, uh, we'll all just right. go without him. <laughs> He was he was late to the pad, and they're like, "We're going without you, buddy. Get you on the next one." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> they beam down to the planet, and there's like fog everywhere. Like, and Spog is like, "There seems to be a fog machine, sir." This is this is such a weird, like, filler bullshit thing right because like who cares that there's like so there's like fog and it's like weird yeah and it's they're like, like oh, there's okay. no there's no like water on this planet so how is there fog right and it seems like it would be really difficult to have a class m planet with no water on it but whatever i don't think that would be possible yeah that seems impossible but uh they finally see a melcodian melcodian and, yeah, it's uh, terrifying, and that's a Halloween costume that's horrifying. It is the most horrifying thing to ever appear on TOS. It so is terrifying looking. We so my my cousin and I, uh, my my family used to. Uh, well, my family owns a store, right? And we used to sell these Halloween masks, and to prop the masks up, we had these uh, like styrofoam heads. They were just like yeah. modeled, you know. And and we figured out one day because we were very bored and teenagers that if you put this model glue on this uh, styrofoam, it like melts it. And it and we made this like really fucking scary like mixed media art project sculpture of this like horrifying melted head. And that's what that reminded me of. I was like, oh my god, this thing's so fucking scary looking. It is. It's like a brain with eyes. It's, it's fucking weird. It's like a. It's like a fucking mother brain for Metroid. It's yeah. like a fucking brain with like two lights in its eye sockets and no mouth and just like a bunch of gross tendrils hanging down below it. It's it horrifying. also reminded me of Uncle Andros. <laughs> Andros, I failed you. I failed you. Fuck, I love that game. Uh, <laughs> that game fucking rules, dude. But, like, the Melkadian is basically like, uh, we gave you a warning and you disregarded it, so you must be punished for it. And in true Star Trek fashion, there's some kind of, you know, there's some kind of test, right? Yeah. Like, immediately you're like, oh, this is some fucking <laughs> Kurt test. Kurt pulls his gun on it, and he's like, I only get punished by sexy ladies. Yeah, and then, and my safe word is bananas. <laughs> and the Melkadian is like, bananas. Okay, got it. <laughs> got it. Commence the fucking. But like he pulls a gun on it, and he's like, "We'll defend ourselves just ne if necessary." And the Melkadian is like, "You are a disease that must be destroyed." And they're all like, "Hey, it's rude. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. Come on, Melkadian." But they must be punished by death, and how they will die is going to be taking from Kirk's mind. And here's my question: 
why does the Federation uh-huh. want to chill with these guys? Like, what what prompted that? I I guess because they don't know about them, right? And that's like the whole thing is like go seek out new civilizations. Yeah. Like, we heard about the Melkadians, and they don't right. like people, and we don't or, know anything. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't know. I mean, it's obvious, though, because, like, nobody's talked to them ever. So it's kind of like maybe they want to be left alone. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little, maybe they're... There's a little, like, breaking of the Prime Directive in this episode if you pay sure. really close attention. Because Spock is like, if they've ever left their planet, they immediately went back. Retreated, yeah. And it's like, well, if you don't know if they ever achieved warp dri- drive, then how are you talking to them. I guess it all works out in the end in classic yeah. TOS fashion because, like, they're fucking advanced as shit, right? Like... They have hyper-mental powers. They're, yeah, they're fucking space brains. They're just flying around in fucking space, so... It, as knows? every alien race in Star Trek TOS does, yep. they have super-mental telepathy powers. Or they're a giant green hand, or, yeah. <laughs> a gen- like, a genuine god in space. <laughs> yeah, they're just Apollo. Fuck it. The uh, screen does the Batman 66 spin, and they um, wake up in, like, a nightmare of the Wild West. It is like a cowboy dreamed this nightmare, and now they're inside of it. Yeah, and I like you said, like, the sky's all red, and it's very noticeably weird, and you're like, oh. That's where I first was like, oh, this is very, like, Twilight Zone. It is. Shit's shit's weird, you know. Like you don't know why. You're just like, where are we? It t- Am I in a dream? Has that a lot. It's a very Twilight Zone style show. Yeah, which is great. Which yeah. is fucking. I, I mean, I love Twilight absolutely. Zone. And like I said, I really love the look of this episode. Everything is lit very starkly in reds and purples, and yeah. Um, it it seems like a dream quite often. Like somebody right. gets thrown through the front window of the bar in a second, and yeah. there's no one in the bar. You can see inside. You can of see it, inside. And there's no one yeah. in it. He just gets it, thrown like, through the window. There's like no walls. Like the, there's like buildings are just facades. Like the front of the building, right? Like yeah. And that's because like they just didn't have the shit. <laughs> they just didn't have like. <laughs> Sets, like, yeah. So fuck it. Let's just shoot it. Who cares? We'll we'll throw in a line about uh, whatever. We'll figure <laughs> like, whatever. it out. Yeah, That's we'll, a writer's we'll problem, not ours. Right. <laughs> the um, the date on the tombstone epitaph, which I thought was funny, yeah, is October twenty sixth, eighteen eighty one, and Kirk is like, why does that sound so familiar? Cause, yeah, because Kirk's like super into the Wild West, I guess. He, he knows He all knows the, dates the date that the the OK Corral shootout happened sure. on. Yeah. As we all we know. all know that. Yeah, we all know that day. <laughs> the day that shall live in infamy. Yeah. The 9-11 of the 1880s. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Um, they, they mention again that everything in this episode is based on Kirk's memories. Right. And... Um, while they're trying to figure figure it out, a uh, stereotype of a Wild West man walks up to them and is like, Ike, Ike, my boy, you came back into town. Yeah, this, like, F-list actor they pulled out of the <laughs> Paramount lot. He's, he's like, Ike, Frank, Billy, Tom. Yeah, he's calling them all the wrong names, and yeah. they're like, the fuck are you talking about, old man? And... There's a great moment where he's like, I thought you guys would uh, never come back to town or whatever. And Spock plays along. He says, oh, you thought that, did you? 
Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can't believe you're here. And uh, fucking Kirk says, do you know us? <laughs> and I'm sure Spock just rolled his eyes like, ugh. I was trying to get info. <laughs> this episode reminds me a lot of the TNG episode where they go to that hotel uh, oh yeah, like they beam down to that ho- that gambling casino because they base it off of that book in that in that episode, right? That weird astronaut gets like sent there somehow, and then like he has a book with him in space. And oh they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me a lot of that episode, which this one obviously was first. There, so that that episode <laughs> probably came because of that. This one. Well, that episode is definitely based on the one where uh, somebody leaves a book about like 1920s gangsters on a planet, yeah. and then oh, they make the right. gangster planet. The, the gang, the Italian gangster planet. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that kid who has a switchblade. He's like, I'm going to cut you, Mr. Spock. <laughs> it's a fucking great episode. <laughs> um, basically, Kirk finally realizes that they're the Clanton gang, the right. uh, one of the factions who fought for control of the town Tombstone against the Earp brothers. Yeah. Wyatt, Morgan, and Virgil. And Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. Played by Val Kilmer. He's in this one. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't it be great if they got like baby Val Kilmer to play? <laughs> the people who play the Earps are definitely like Z grade background Western actors. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. none of them can fucking act, and they're just they have these like craggy ass faces. Yeah, they're just they look Westerny, and yeah. that's all that you needed to do then, right? Um, like. So the the gunfight at the OK Corral famously takes place in this town, and the Clintons, which our heroes are supposed to be in the simulation, all get fucking murdered. Yeah. Uh, That's what happens in real life. Kirk says the wrong line here. What does he say? I am... Uh, I should have written this episode. Kirk says the wrong line here. He says... I'm, uh, as a warning, th- remember that at close enough range, these pistols can be just as deadly as phasers. Right. The line should have been... Are more deadly than phasers. Yeah, remember, these don't have a stun right. setting. These cannot be turned down to like just knock you out. Like They'll just rip yeah. through you and kill you. The only setting these have... Is kill. kill. That's it the should line, have been the yeah. line, and then it goes That's dun dun. It's yeah, it's way better setup for how dangerous it is. And then it goes to commercial for like Weetabix or something, some <laughs> flavorless cereal for children. Uh, Weetabix. The like Morgan Earp shoots a guy through the fucking front door. And yeah. they all run around, and Morgan Earp is like, oh, shit, they're all back, and they're all here. <laughs> he goes back inside, and they're like, oh, my God, this guy is super dead. It's like he just got yeah. shot. Did they do the thing where they say that they're not the Clantons, and that guy just keeps laughing at them, thinking it's a joke? And then they, like, for the rest of the episode, like, are, like, still on this weird bit about them joking about not being the Clantons. Yeah, they do that for the whole episode. And you're like, what the fuck are you... Like, why are we still talking about this? Like, <laughs> like they should just be like, yeah, whatever, at that point. Like, we like, get it, right? Kirk finally recognizes Morgan Earp, and he gives he's like the man who kills on sight, which is, like, not a great nickname to have. Yeah, it's pretty... 
I mean, it's kind of cool for the West, I it's guess. True. Right? It wouldn't be cool if, like, you worked with that guy in the mailroom or something. No, like. if you, yeah, if Morgan Earp was, like, I don't know, like, your gardener, that'd be terrible. Uh, who's that guy? That's my gardener, Morgan Earp, the man who man kills, who on, kills sight. on sight. Uh, don't he go kills around weeds him. weeds on sight. Um, and he shoots a weed with his six gun. <laughs> I love the... 1960s yes. gun sound effects. Later, later you get a like a whole plethora of them when they're going off on them. Yeah, um, like Kirk almost causes a gunfight in the bar by standing up. Yeah, and uh, Spock tells him to sit back down. Blah blah blah. Uh, the funniest part of this scene is that a girl runs up to. Uh, to check off, check and it's off, like Billy, yeah. my love, it just starts and fucking macking on him, smooching on him, dude. This is a really corny ass part where Kirk is like, "Mr. Chekhov, Mr. Chekhov," and he's like, <laughs> uh, "We have to maintain good relations with the locals." He's like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Check this out. This is like the best kind of relations, mouth to mouth relations." There's like a really great sort of almost modern moment, like modern television style moment where he's he's like uh, they think we're the Clintons, and Chekhov after he got done fucking kissing this lady for twenty minutes is like I don't think that's uh. such a bad idea. And Spock says the day is early, Mister Chekhov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The foreshadowing, because like I guess like he wouldn't know, right? Like what would Chekhov know about American West no. history? Probably not. not a the lot. A lot of people the, in America. The shootout at the OK Corral took place in Russia. It's originally a Russian. Oh, story. it's Russian. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah, Chekhov yeah. has that one joke. <laughs> that's his. That's his whole bit. Basically, that and, like kissing ladies. Now, I guess <laughs> it's the only time he got to kiss on the whole show. He's let him to go. Kiss some weird, like dream version of this lady. Apparently, the idea they only mention it like once is that Morgan Earp is in love with this woman. Yeah, and that's why there's like I don't. So like I don't know the whole like story of Tombstone really well. I mean, I've seen the movie. I know the Earps were like dickheads, right? Yeah, like, they they were like. You, Morgan Earp, the uh, oldest brother, was like a U.S. marshal. Yeah, and, and he, he just, was throwing uh, his nepotism. weight around fucking yeah. hard. He just like deputized his brothers, and then yeah. they were just like kind of like a like a organized crime family syndicate. Basically, sort of. they ran Tombstone. Like, yeah, yeah, in order to do anything in that town, you had to talk to them and pay right. them off. Right, that's corrupt. The Clintons were horse thieves. They were like. Right. Ru- cattle rustlers and horse thieves, and they came to Tombstone to do crime. Right, but there was already crime going on. So they like fought for control of the town, and right. the uh, the townspeople liked the Clantons better. Right, because the Arabs were like dicks. They were just dicks. Yeah, it was like the difference between a bunch of petty thieves and the mafia. Right, you you take the pet petty thieves because like yeah. whatever. It's like uh, Unforgiven when, uh, what's his name? The the Bull is his character's name. It's Gene Hackman. Like Gene Hackman's like such a fuck. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's just like, how do we get this guy out of yeah, here? As long start... as he gets killed, it doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. And That's a great movie. That is a great, great fucking movie. Um, there are like, 
it's hard for me to say I like westerns because every time I say I like westerns, people are like, "Oh, like what's your favorite John Wayne movie?" Right, and, and the answer I like is West- none yeah. of them. I like I westerns too. I go through big western phases yeah. where I'm like, I'm gonna watch like a bunch of westerns. Like, I mean, I love spaghetti westerns. They're like oh, fucking yeah. great. They're that's, the best. That's like my favorite is spaghetti westerns. Yeah. But like, I do like some classic western movies. Like High Noon is one of my High favorite Noon. movies. High Noon's great. Yeah. I knew but it was good. The standard, like the bog standard westerns, I don't give a fuck about. Right. I like. I mean, I like the new um, Three Ten to Yuma. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good movie. The new uh, True Grit is really good. I, I don't like the old True Grit, but I do yes. really like the new. The True old Grits. one is bad. The new one is good. Which like, is amazing. I don't like think the, I've seen a movie with Jeff Bridges in it that I didn't like. Right, he's just incredible. He's always. a really fucking good actor. I love when he's like drunk talking to her and he's like, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, "What the fuck am I talking to this child for?" Like he's he's a genuine like blackout alcoholic. Yeah. He's and a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I like a movie that doesn't shy away from a character being like a genuine piece of shit. Yeah. But still makes you care about the character and like them. The best part of that movie my, that makes me laugh every time is when that guy's hanging. They, they come to this guy hanging in the woods. And they're, and they're like, well, better cut him down to see see if I know him. And, they, and she goes up and climbs up the tree. And like she's doing all the work. She cuts him down. He falls on the ground. And then he looks at him and goes, I do not know this man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I do love that he makes her do everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. She's like in this tree, like fifty feet up, like way high in this tree. I do not know. I this do man. not know this man. <laughs> anyway, um, they finally realize that like the OK Corral shootout happens at five p.m. Here is a wasted opportunity, Jeff Pennington says. Okay, you could have had a high noon situation where the right. tension continuously ramps up every time we see a clock getting closer to five p.m. Right, right. We and they don't know do what time this bit. is. They never yeah. say what time it actually is until it's five minutes till five. Right. They look at the clock at one point. It's three. So there's like two hours. I and don't then remember that actually. So that's better than I thought it was. Yeah, it, they they do do that, but it's not uh, as effective as like I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like the whole time they're like racing the clock, right? Yeah, and they kind of are, but they're not. They're not really because like they do a bunch of shit and they waste a ton of they time. They really stand around fucking jawing yeah, a lot. They just whip their dicks out at one point and like look at them. Vulcans I, I do have big ones. Wow. Um, yeah, and there's five of them. Oh, <laughs> it's like an octopus down there. Yeah. Ugh. Um, this I'm reminded this being a Western episode. I have a little tangent to go off on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, Poppy, I believe from the Discord, uh, Patreon.com/slash/mclasspodcast, joined today. Yeah. Uh, was watching The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly for the first time. One of my favorite movies ever. Absolutely, mine too. And I did the same thing I do every time anyone ever mentions it. I went to YouTube and typed in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly Mexican Standoff. Yeah, the standoff at the end. Yeah, and it's amazing. Every time I watch that, I've seen it a million times. It the makes tension you in me yeah. rises so much while I'm watching yeah. it. And I'm reminded of like fucking Endgame. Avengers Endgame, where like yeah. a million people punch in a million other people, and it's like right. the apocalypse. Everybody's punching everybody. And I don't remember 
feeling any tension during any of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, when I, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's, it's four totally, minutes of three guys staring at each other, and it's, it's the most tense scene in movie history. That's why those movies are, like, all, like, Sergio Leone movies are great, because, like, the whole movie is just, like, these dudes dancing around each other, right? And it, yeah. most of the movie is Tuco and uh, Clint Eastwood fucking with, e- fucking with each other, right? Like, yeah. they're like they're going back and forth. Getting like, revenge mess- on each get, other yeah. as they're yeah. trying to find this, like, thousand dollars. Right, which back then was, like, two million dollars, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, and then, like, the, so there's, like, four hours of that. Because that movie's long as shit, dude. It's, it's like... It's like three so and a half hours fucking long. entertaining, though. Yeah, yeah, and, and every part of it is just like iconic. Like, there's just so many things that they do. It's epic. It's a very epic movie. Yeah. When I was talking about like characters who are unrepentantly like scumbags that you still like, yeah. Tuco is Tuco. unrepentantly a fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's just an he's just an asshole. Like the like, whole movie, he, he's an idiot too. He literally drags Blondie behind him on a horse through a desert and drinks yeah. water in front of him. And he has a par- and he has a parasol, like yeah. a little umbrella, and he's just like <laughs> like talking. At him and He's just shit. torturing him for fun to get back yeah. at him. Yeah, <laughs> he fucking saves him because he knows the name of the grave, but he, the Tuco knows the where the grave is. It's great. It's a fucking great. Con- and, like, and then Angel Eyes is just like evil. As he's fuck. evil as fuck. Like the, the beginning scene with Angel Eyes, where like he kills the guy for money, but the guy pays him. Yeah, to kill both. the guy who who bought him off, so he just yeah. kills everyone and takes the he, money and leaves. He's uh, so he uh, in the Clone Wars and Star Wars. Uh, what's his name? Uh, fuck, oh, I know who bounty, you're talking about. The one bounty hunter, Cad Bane. Yeah, is Bane. based off of him, and it's very well done because like, it's like, oh yeah, Lee Van Cleef is probably the greatest Western actor. Yeah, like, he could play both, good and bad. You've seen for a few dollars more, right? The oh, yeah, one oh, yeah. before the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, he yeah. plays Colonel Mortimer, who is this like really warm, friendly yeah. old guy. Yeah, he's great. And yeah. then he plays Angel Eyes, who is a sadistic monster in yeah. the pr- the sequel. And I've met people who were like, "That's the same guy." Yeah, you forget. Like that's a good actor, man. Yeah, that's a fucking great. It's like uh, like Tarantino or like a uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio does that a lot. Where you're like, uh, I'm like I forget. Like you shouldn't when you watch him act. You, he's so big. He's such a big star. Yeah, like you would think that you're just like, oh, I'm just watching Leonardo DiCaprio. But he a plays lot of a the character time, very well. Like yeah, he gets the, lost in a character very yeah, well. And you forget. Like I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in the West and in, in Hollywood. Sorry. And uh, I was like, oh, I forgot that it was him. I've started to believe that this guy was like a real guy, right? Yeah. And I was like, no, this is Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> like, it's like, I just want to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly forever. I know, but like, I know, I know. During that Mexican standoff, you if that's the only scene you ever see, you learn everything you need to learn about these yeah. three characters. Like, it's, it's Angel a poker Eyes game. Has, is trying to have this poker face, but you can yeah. tell there's like sweat running down his he's face. Freaking. He's, he's fidgeting. Freaking. Yeah. And like, but he's he has this like veneer of being in control. Tuco's eyes are as big as fucking saucers. He is terrified. Yeah, he's he's because he knows how shitty he is. Yes. And, and he doesn't know if, if Blondie is going to shoot him because like. Of all the shit that he did to him, they're, you know what they're I mean? in a situation where at any second one of them is going to die, and they have to be ready right. to shoot the guy who shot him so Who's that they can live. Do it? It's perfect. 
And Blondie is completely not bothered. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> he just has this, like, he's completely okay with the situation. He just slowly looks back and forth between them with a smile on yeah. his face. Like, he knows what he's going to do, right? Yeah. He's the samurai. He's the fucking man with no name. He's the samurai. So, God, yeah. So fucking good. And, like, I had never seen Fistful of Dollars or For a Few Dollars More when I was young. Yeah. I watched them, like, when I was in college. I think that's that what I watched. I watched the, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, almost as fucking good is the wildest yeah. thing. Well, Yojimbo is Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. And Yojimbo's great. Yojimbo is great. So I don't you know. know whether I like Yojimbo or Seven Samurai more. I think I like Seven Samurai more only because it's it's kind of like the the epic that that Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is. It's That's so true. epic. That's true. And everybody fucking does it. I mean, Mandalorian did it. Star Star Wars does well, it. I mean, like, they love that. Shit. The Magnificent Seven. Is, yeah, Magnificent Seven. It's just yeah. Seven Samurai in the West already. Which is yeah. also a really fucking great movie. Yeah. I saw the new one. It's not terrible. I've never seen the new one. I'm it's got not... Chris Pratt in it, so... It's got who? Chris Pratt. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, I like Chris Star Pratt. Lord. Okay. Like, he's he's alright. His his brand of type of person he's trying to be is a little off my Yeah, for some radar, reason he but... went from playing like a doughy, overly friendly type to like now he's like a Chad dickhead and everything. He wants to be like a Schwarzenegger because he, he married his daughter. Oh, he's he I, like got ripped and now he's like I'm action man. I'm beef yeah. slapstick, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm chunk squat thrust now. Is that that fucking uh, yeah? <laughs> the fucking mystery science theater. Mystery science theater. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude, that shit's funny as shit. He's he is all of those guys now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Kirk uh, goes up to the bartender and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like Clanton. I'm." And they're like, Captain "We heard Kirk. that joke already. It's so funny. Ha 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 ha! You're so funny. If somebody yeah. said this to me, I'd be like, "Are you okay?" Well, that's when I would start to realize because I'm in a Star Trek universe that maybe something's wrong. Yeah, and obviously it is because I got teleported to the Western town that's got fucking half-made buildings in it. Like they don't know it's a simulation at this point, though. They think right. they've been like trapped inside of like some sort of a time loop. Time loop? Yeah, they think that they're actually in the West or something, which is like meant for the audience to be like, maybe they are, right? Like, but they're not. Spoilers, they're not. Kirk does the Starfleet thing in the situation. He says, we'll talk it out. We will right. speak to the Earps and let them know there's a mistake and there won't be any bloodshed. Right, he wants to solve the problem peacefully. Uh, the Earps just tell him he's a piece of shit and they hate him. Yeah, and they kick him in the dick and they yeah. spin it on his face. And he says, and banana, say, banana, banana. And they're like, we don't recognize that safe word in Tombstone. <laughs> We only recognize vegetable safe words. The only safe word where you recognize is ping. Basically, like Wyatt Earp tells him that if you're in the town at five oh one, we're gonna fucking kill you. So you better ski daddle, ski daddle out of town. And they're like, okay, fine, like yeah. we'll leave. They're like, whatever, I don't care. They try and leave, and there's a force field on the end of town, which. Uh, there's a green flashlight that gets pointed at a camera that doesn't let them leave, I guess. Very mean flashlight won't let them Flash. leave. Fuck you, flashlight. 
so they realize they have to fight, which it seems like, I don't know, they don't really. You could just hang out on the edge of town and wait yeah, it out. Yeah, be like, but look, I can't They leave. can't, really, as it turns out. Later they get teleported to the OK Corral when the time that's comes. That's right, that's right, yeah. The the Melkadians are like, fucking, I'm not pay-per-viewing this for you to not fight. <laughs> this is going to be worse than Tyson Holyfield. <laughs> Nobody bite anyone's ears off. They have to come up with a plan, and uh, Bones and Spock figure out that they can make a tranquilizer. Sure. And so there doesn't have to be any bloodshed. And they all get sent off in their separate directions to buy, like, parts from the apothecary and, like, go to the the barber shop and get some chemicals. Yeah, Chekhov has to buy cotton. Yeah. (laughs) Cotton wads. Chekhov gets the easiest job, like he couldn't fuck it up. How does he pay for it, is my question, but it doesn't matter. Maybe he just robs them. Maybe he's like, give him to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a criminal. Like Tuco in the gun store, which is one of my favorite scenes of all time. (laughs) How much? $20. And he he said, how much? $30. (laughs) It's so good, dude. I fucking love the scene where Tuco's taking a bath and the guy like yeah. tries to sneak in and kill him and he shoots his gun from under the bath under suds. the bathtub. Yeah, two types of people in this world: those yeah, who come, come in come by in the, the window and those who yep. have guns. <laughs> um, uh, Bones goes to the uh, dentists, and we as the audience know, oh boy. Oh boy, sure. I know who the, the dentist is. I know who the dentist is, yeah, because I'm an American. And uh, all the Russians watching are like, who? Um, Dr. Holiday? <laughs> <laughs> but he needs to get these chemicals for the tranquilizer. He's like, oh, I'm a physician or whatever. And there's a great moment that I really like that I feel is like a little more cinematic than Star Trek TOS normally gets, yeah. where uh, the guy who is uh, shaving... Doc Holiday, the Doc barber, Holiday's yeah. in a chair. He's like the barber. He like it does this close up on him, and he does this like shifty eye thing, looking back and yeah. forth between them, really scared. That's, that's very western. Like they like they were like, we're gonna shoot this like a western, and yeah. that, that's very western, right? Like the the <laughs> <laughs> like that that could have played in there. You, you know, you could have had that. The, uh, Doc Holiday gets out of his chair, and he's like, "Oh, it's you, huh?" Yeah, it's me. I'm Doc Holliday. In case you didn't know, because why would you? <laughs> He's like, here's, yeah, you can take that. Hell, you can take my emergency bag, even. Yeah, and it's like, why? Like, it's like they were just like, we need Doc Holliday, so put him in. Yeah, right. Like, why would he give him this stuff? Yeah, it doesn't make. It's like in a video game where someone's like, "Sure, you can have this, but I'm gonna <laughs> kill it, you later." Right. But I, and then you, and then they fight you, and then you win it from them anyway. That's what it felt like to me. He's like, uh, "Yeah, you can take all my belongings that I have on this planet, but at five, I'm gonna kill you and take them back." <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Uh, Chekhov comes out of the apothecary and he's he sees Sylvia and she's like, "Why don't you marry me?" She's like, "Smooch on me some more." And he's like, "All right, I'm 22. I got a raging boner all the time. Fuck it. I'm still a child for some reason in this show. So my <laughs> I'm going through puberty right now at 22. I'm ready. Yep, I got my first pube. <laughs> 
But uh, she's, he's like, I'm not the marrying type. I wish I could tell you why. And she's like, I know it's because you're a horse thief. I know you're a horse thief. Yeah, she goes through all like the things he's done. And Morgan whatever. Earp shows up and he pushes Chekhov over. Like he gives him a little push and Chekhov like fucking flips through the oh, air six he, times. He, like, <laughs> WrestleMania sevens it. He flips over the bar, the ropes and he's like, it's a chair. Yeah. And Morgan Earp is like, get your hands off of her. That's my lady. Yeah, it's really, it gets a little uncomfortable because it's very uh, unwanted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, and then Chekhov is like, "You get your hands off of her, I'll beat you up." So then yeah. Morgan Earp just shoots him with a gun and he dies. Yeah, and then Chekhov's dead forever. Yeah, it's a shame. He he was a fun character, <laughs> but he he died doing what he loved, kissing that lady. <laughs> he died doing what he loved, getting shot by a revolver. <laughs> Uh, this is the part where it, that I saw you tweet this, and I was like, oh, man. It's like, later in the episode, like, Kirk is really busted up over Chekhov getting killed, and McCoy's like, he knew what he was in for when he became a Starfleet <laughs> officer. We what all class, do. What class do you cover going back in time and getting shot with yeah, a revolver? Yeah, I was like, are, are you sure about that, Bones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, class today we're going to talk about if you uh, get uh, stuck into a time loop or a hologram of some kind, you might get shot with a fucking Smith & Wesson. Yeah, we all knew what we were signing up for. We all knew that we could get shot by Morgan Earp to death at any time. <laughs> yeah. any, at any given moment. <laughs> but uh, he's like, there's nothing you can really do about it. And <laughs> Yeah. Um they find they they find Chekhov's dead body and Morgan Earp and the Earps are like, let's fight now. Yeah. And Scotty wants to. He's like, let's get revenge. He's like, let's shoot him with these guns. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't really know how to use them, which is like really interesting because it's like in a lot of television and movies, especially now, even now, like people pick up guns and they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to use it. And it's like, people don't want to use guns. No, a lot of the it's, time. there's like, a difference between like the greatest gunfighters in the West yeah. and dudes who like shoot phasers from the hip all the time. Right. It's totally, yeah. I mean, guns are really like, I mean, I've shot real guns and they're very chaotic. Like, you don't really know what you're shooting at. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it could my, go anywhere. I grew up in the South, so I, there were guns yeah. shoved into my hands when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, I grew up with guns, too, and, and shooting a handgun especially is, like, extremely... There's a lot more kickback than you think there's gonna be. It's, it's very, it's, it's jarring. I, when I first did it, I was like, whoa, like, okay, okay. You know, you realize, like, oh, all right. I was, I was <laughs> like, the kid that, like, other southern kids, if they knew about it, would have, like, super made fun of where like they'd be like you take a shot the par- the my parents or adults around me be like you take a shot jeff and i'd take a shot yeah. and go oh i didn't like that and give yeah. it back no it's it's like it like it's very like to, to quote obi-wan it's very uncivilized it's just, just like maybe i'll hit it. weapon for an uncivilized time yeah. maybe i'll hit something who but probably not right because you gotta know what know. you're doing yeah and i didn't and neither yeah. do these guys yep it's it's like a, a humbling moment that you wouldn't yes. normally get for a bunch of heroes yes. in a story. It's it's very Star Trek and it, it's it's really good because they're just like we don't know how to do this shit. Like we don't we don't really know what we're doing here. No, still, you know. Um, we'll take another break real quick and we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm 
I've been looking for you for eight months. Whenever I should have had a gun in my right hand, I thought of you. Now I find you in exactly the position that suits me. I had lots of time to learn how to shoot with my left. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Welcome back, everybody. We were ta- we were talking about westerns, and also I guess Star Trek. If there's time, yeah, why not? Um, we're here. I think I'm gonna skip this scene because really they just go back to the bar and they're sad about Chekhov dying, and then they're all super fucking racist at Spock for like ten minutes. Yeah, Spock. It, he like is kind of tr- like, he's doing a good job. Like he's trying to like not be upset because he's Vulcan and that's not yeah. allowed, right? And they're all and like, you fucking like, green-blooded hobgoblin. Yeah. They're real, they're mad because, like, Chekhov was your best friend. <laughs> you love him. You, you guys kissed, kissed him all once. the time. <laughs> I saw that. Don't think I didn't. Yeah, and he says, you forgot. And finally, he fucking takes up for himself after, yeah. like, Kirk steps out and he's like, come on, guys. He's like, I'm half-human idiots. And they're like, oh. Oh, that's right. It turns out we're the bad guys. That's right. <laughs> but they're just sad that Chekhov has died. But yeah. um, Spock, being the only smart guy on the ship, is like, um, Chekhov was Billy Claiborne, right? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, he he died before he was supposed to. And they're yeah. like, What? Yeah, he was supposed to die at the gunfight at five, but he's dead now. So it turns out the outcome isn't set in stone. Right. It can be whatever. Sure. Kirk again (laughs) tries to go full Starfleet. Uh, Well, not really. He sort of just tattles. He tries to, like, narc. (laughs) He goes to the (laughs) sheriff. And he's like, Sheriff, yeah. stop the fight. And the sheriff's like, nobody wants to stop the fight, you yellow-bellied coward. Everybody yeah, wants you him, to kill him. Yeah, he's like he's like Marty McFlyin' him. He's like, yeah. he's chicken. Yeah. Kirk is unaffected by this. <laughs> he's, he starts to play along at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, no, he doesn't really, because the sheriff is like, you should get your revenge for Billy. <laughs> And Kirk says, like, we can't just kill them in cold blood. Yeah, he loses it. Then yeah. He's shaking him, and he's like... And and then the sheriff is like, you have to. You have to kill them. Like, like, like he's trying to convince him, right, yeah. that they need to die. And, and he kind of snaps out of it at that point. And he's like, what? But he's kind of, like, he's, like, mortified. He's like, what the yeah. fuck like, is this? He's like, trapped what? in this, like, kill-or-be-killed scenario. Yeah, this that is, hell yeah. is very much not... Starfleet in any way, shape, right. or form. It's barbaric, and he doesn't. He, like he loses it for a second. I can't kill them in yeah. cold blood. And yep. the sheriff isn't going to help. He wants people to die. He's like super horny for it. So Kirk leaves. <laughs> He's super horny for he it. He is. He's got half mast already. It's not even five. <laughs> and I see what you did there. That was good. <laughs> I like it. Smarter than people give me credit for. Um, True. That's true. uh, They have finally created basically like a tear gas grenade. 
Yeah, they make a grenade, but it's like gas grenade. And they use like snake venom or something. <laughs> I don't know. And um, Scotty's like, I'll test it out. And Scotty's just been getting fucking like snackered the whole day. Yeah, they're drinking bourbon and shit. And he's like, this kind of tastes good. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, a weird moment where the he orders a gallon of uh, Scottish of scotch, a gallon yeah. of scotch. Yeah. And the bartender says, "You know, we ain't got nothing but bourbon unless you want corn whiskey." But bourbon mm. is corn whiskey. Yeah, it's the same thing. So what the fuck are you talking about? Maybe that's the joke. I don't know. Is it? <laughs> I get it. Because I'm from it. the old west. <laughs> but um, Scotty like turns the grenade on, and it's not like like a little tiny bit of smoke comes out. Like, <laughs> it's like a Halloween like or like a Fourth of July firework that you buy from like the side of the road. <laughs> So Scotty just picks it up and like shoves his nose in it. Yeah, he like inhales it. He's like, "Yeah, I'll take a hit." He just sort of sure. tosses it aside, and they're all like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Doesn't work, right? Yeah. They're like, they're like, "What the fuck, man? What should work?" And, and Spock's like, "Science is immutable, and it should work if there's physical laws that it needs to be real. Reality is based on physics." And they're all like, whatever, nerd. Like, shut up, you fucking dork. Fuck, I feel like I'm in Mrs. Twilliger's fucking class. Yeah, Bones takes his gun out and points it at his own head, and he's like, I'm gonna do it. And he almost does it. It's crazy. He mimes shooting himself, and then, like, <laughs> does the tongue hanging out, eyes yeah. closing. Yeah, yeah. I can, I yep. Except the gun does go off, and it hits the chandelier, and they're all like, Bleh. And it goes, pew, pew. And then they're like, you know what? Let's just fucking chill at the bar. Yeah, let's have a relaxing time before we all get. There's like ten minutes left. Yeah, there's ten minutes. So like, we'll just hang out at the bar until after five. Yeah. How are they gonna do anything? And then the screen, Batman sixty sixes, and they're in the OK Corral. They can't get out. That's what happened in real life, too. Yeah, that's why the OK Corral happened. The clans yeah, got, got teleported there, and there was a force field. The green flashlight teleported them there. Did you know... Let me push my glasses up. Did you know <laughs> that the gunfight at the OK Corral didn't even happen at the OK Corral? How interesting. It was several blocks away. <laughs> But that was the only landmark because there was like yeah, nothing. Yeah, there was fucking then. nothing there. There, there were so no like, street names. So. Yeah, they're like, it ha- it's the gunfight at that dirt road that we had. <laughs> it's the gunfight at the second dirt road past the OK Corral. Near that building that's made out of wood. Uh, Spock is finally like, look, we're in a simulation. None of this is real. We don't even yeah. know if Chekhov is dead or not. Spock red pills the fuck yeah. out of everybody. We're in the simulation. It's the Matrix. Liberals are NPCs. <laughs> Bullets are a hoax. It's a liberal media hoax. <laughs> Bullets aren't real. And um, there's Benghazi. Bo- <laughs> Bones has a great line where he says, "We don't all have that clockwork ticker in our heads like you, Spock." Which, which to Spock is like a fucking compliment, man. Yeah, like, like he wouldn't think that that's an insult. Like, right? Thank you, but um. Basically, he does red pill them, and he uses a mind meld to tell them that yeah. Bitcoin is worth it. I'm telling yeah. you guys. 
And he, fucking, he fucking gives him mental steroids. He's like, take this fucking performance enhancing enhancing mental drug that I'm going to give you. Yeah, it's weird how like a season earlier, Spock was like a mind meld is a horrible intimacy. Right. And this time he's like fucking mind melds for everybody. Like, Let me pass this one. shit out. Yeah. Any, line up. Anybody went on some mind meld, Molly? I got that good <laughs> shit. First one's free. And um, there is a moment where he speaks, he like moves his lips when Bones talks, and it looks like he's talking with Bones' voice, and I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Um, anyway, the Earps show up, and our heroes are... Why were they named Earps? That's such a shitty name for like a historical gunfighter. Because they're all inbred weirdos, man. Like, Everyone back then is inbred. It's like... You don't get to choose your name and what you do right. with it, but man, Erp is such a sh- like Doc Holiday. Great name, cool name. That's a fucking great name. Erp, shitty name, <laughs> shitty name. Wyatt Erp, terrible. Um, they show up and our heroes just sort of fucking stand there while they it's unload into shit. them. Yeah, they're like, I- I'm thinking about buying Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that Hillary Clinton is responsible for all the ills. Butter emails, am I right? <laughs> the uh, the gunfire just hits the fence behind him the whole time and just puts a bunch of little holes in it, which yeah, I thought was a, a cool, cool effect. practical effect. Yeah. yeah, they they just like squib the outside of the fence, right? It's kind of cool. But they're like fucking firing a million shots. Yo, they're going nuts. The sound effects department was like, we have all these gunshot sound effects, and the guys like use them all, dude. It's put them in. I laughed so hard. When they finish shooting, and then yeah. all pull out another gun, another and gun. Start shooting. <laughs> yeah, they have two guns. Fucking like Morgan Earp pulls out a third gun, and he starts. He's yeah. gonna shoot, but then Kirk like fucking flying kicks oh, yeah. him. He flying Dutchman's him. He fucking just drop kicks him like fucking Ultimate Warrior. And then he picks up his gun and he points it at him. And he shakes his hand, yeah. shaking while he's pointing. He's gonna do it. I'm gonna fucking kill you, dude. Yeah, you're on my property. It's self defense. Yeah, stand my ground. <laughs> stand my ground. Stand my ground. Yeah, stand my ground. Yeah. But then red pilled. The red pill wears off, so he throws the gun to the side. I'm not gonna kill you. <clears throat> yeah. Then the Mal Mal Malconians. Malcotians. Malcotians. They're like. You didn't kill him. This is just like the episode with the Gorn. <laughs> you learned the same lesson again. Yes. Good job. Good thing this is a universal lesson that I think we all need to hear many times. <laughs> it's true. Kirk did leave it to Beaver in this episode, though. He was like, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. But we don't do that anymore. They yeah. basically wake up back on the Enterprise. Yeah, this is when I looked left. away and I was like, wait. What? They're back? And, like, Chekhov's alive, obviously, because yeah. it was not real, right? Sure. They Batman 66 them way, their way back to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Malcodian buoy is, like, still out there, and it just fucking explodes. It starts to, like, overheat or something. Yeah. And they're like, uh, shields up, uh, maybe shoot it, but then nobody shoots it. Because, <laughs> I guess, why not? The, uh fucking horrific Halloween mask appears on the main viewer. Yes. yes. And it's like, you did not kill, but why? Kirk is like, killing is only acceptable when there's no other choice. And or it's a cop. <laughs> and I was like, I've swung Damn. back the other way now. <laughs> He's like, I've listening to a lot of rage. 
So, been, you know, been the really Matrix into, really opened my eyes. I've been real into fucking Public Enemy lately, so fucking... <laughs> I'm talking about Kill yeah. Whitey, you know? Fucking ACAB, <laughs> motherfucker. The uh, the Federation prefers peaceful contact, and the Melkodians are like, come to our planet. We won't do that again, I promise. <laughs> yeah. And, and Kirk's like, like, cool, great. we'll send a delegation. And they're like, let's go. <laughs> and then that's it. Spock Game is over. like, Kirk, did you really want to kill the Earps? Kirk was mm-hmm. like, you know, that's how it was back in 1881. Yeah. Which absolves me of my crime. Right. I guess that's what I was doing. I was being a that guy. I don't know. Spock's like, how did humanity ever manage to survive? And Kirk gives a little mini Starfleet speech. He says, humans, you know, we overcame our darker impulses, our barbarian ways. Yeah. And we've become better for it. And Spock kind of looks at him like, mmm. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. But have you... He gets a little like, mm, I, don't, I don't know about that. And he just kind of walks away, and then the ship flies away into space, and that's the end of the episode. Fucking amazing. <laughs> What'd you think of this episode? What was your overall it, opinion? Uh, it's not bad. It's it's not very good, but it's not bad. <laughs> it's fair. Like, it, I don't know. There's, there's, like, so many of these, like... Like Star Trek, all all the series do at least one of these, right? Like that's why we're doing the the collection. Oh <laughs> I don't yeah, know if they they know that. Although <laughs> there is none in Deep Space Nine or Voyager. No, there isn't. We're, in Voyager, they go to Ireland. Yeah, we're doing three TNG episodes in this collection. Yeah, because there's a there's one in Discover. Or uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Enterprise too. Yeah, that's in this collection too. Oh, we're doing that one. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That one's all right. Uh, that one's not the bad. We're doing uh, all the cowboy episodes. I think I think the one in Enterprise is like the better version of this. I think you're yeah. disabled, like you're handicapping yourself by like having it be the Earp story because like I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I already like, saw I Tombstone. I don't give a yeah, fuck. I, you know, I don't care about that. Like that shit's whatever. But it's it's. Like a C plus, I would say B minus if I'm feeling like super generous. I'd say C plus B minus is probably where I'm at as well. Like I'd say yeah. I'd say B minus for me because I really love the practical effects in the episode, and I yeah. like I love the red sky and like lighting and everything. I, yeah, it, it feels looks, very dreamlike. Like it feels yes. like a nightmare. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right, and like. There are parts that I'm not sure were purposeful that I really love. Like I said before, like Wyatt Earp sh- like knocks the guy out of the um, the saloon, and you see behind the wall of the saloon that there's no one in there, but you can hear right. people in there. Right. It makes it feel more like uh, like experimental film almost. Yeah. Like it's very strange. There's a little. There's like a touch of surrealism to the episode yes. that I really love. Yeah. So I'd say like a B minus for me. You might you might have swung me. I'll, I'll go with that too. And I think it's important to point out since I didn't at the top of the show, I was too busy uh, half complaining about Picard. I guess is yeah. that this episode is the first episode of Pizza Man's Western Collection. Oh, this is a Pizza Man joint. Yeah, this is a Pizza Man Western Collection. Okay, <laughs> collection. They were uh, extremely 
specific that I should say it that way. So. Oh, oh, I thought maybe there was... I saw that and I didn't know, because I wasn't on the Discord, so I don't... Like, uh, I think he spelled it that way when he pitched it, even. Oh, okay, so... You have to, yeah, right, 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 right. I get and it. If you, <laughs> if you would like to be the deciding factor in what collections we put together in the future... What collections? What we want, yeah, what collections... Yeah. You should head to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast and become a patron today. For as little as a dollar, you can vote on what collections we're going to be watching that other people put forth. And for a little bit more money, you can actually suggest us collections. Yeah. If you got like, a, I know there's people who have like really good collection ideas. Yeah. I'm, I'm always hopeful that people keep their collection ideas for later. Because yes. even if it doesn't win, it could win next time. And some of yeah. them are really good. I know, like the the masks collection. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm not going to say anything nice about masks. So if you thought that was a lead into that, you're wrong. No, um, no I don't even really want to watch that. <laughs> I'm really glad honest. that we do the collection suggestion thing because I forget what episodes we've already watched. Yeah, yeah, me too. I thought we'd already done this. No, I thought we'd already really? done Fistful of Datas, but yeah. um, we haven't because I don't remember drawing either of us as a cowboy. <laughs> That's right. We would have been definitely, yeah. one of us would have been Data, one of or one of us would have been Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I haven't drawn us as a cowboy, I know I haven't done Fistful of Datas. <laughs> well, I mean, are we going to be, are we going to be, I guess we're not cowboys in this one because... They're not cowboys. No. I'll so we'll just have our uniforms on. Maybe, but we will have six shooters. Fuck yeah. Maybe I'll Finally. have one of us making out with Chekhov as the girl. <laughs> uh, that would be absolutely awesome. I hope it's me. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just be Kirk being jealous about it. Mr. Chekhov. Yeah. Mr. Chekhov. Mr. Chekhov. <laughs> Time to go. This episode is is like... It's not as fun as the premise would lead you to believe. It's very, like, it's heavy yeah. for what it is, because our heroes are going to die at the end of the episode. That's what I think makes it kind of better than, like, Nazi Planet. You yeah. know, because, like, like, Nazi Planet, like, that's kind of serious, too, but, like, it's also, it's, like... It's uh, goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's you're goofy. like, wait, what the fuck is happening here? This one is, this- like, a... Is, it's goofy, but it's far less goofy because it's not yeah. Cowboy Planet. It's a simulation based right. on Kirk's memories. Right. It, it makes more sense the crazier it is. It's that inverse logic that Star Trek seems to get away with a lot. This episode, I forgot to mention while we were talking about it, has a little bit of like uh, modern. I guess like right wing viewers might think might skip over it and think of it if they do notice it as like uh, real like dumb modern wokeness but i think it's fucking amazing yeah Yeah. kirk says um they base this on my memories uh, just because my ancestors settled the like pioneered the west right and in any other show at the time they would have been like yeah your ancestors were great heroes Heroes. they were american heroes but spock says that's quite right captain your violent history is the reason why this is chosen for us right I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And I like, was and, like, and that's great. I'm glad that they fucking, even then, they knew that. Yeah, and, like, think about all the television that was on at this, like, right before Star Trek was all Westerns. And yeah. it was, like, heroicizing, like, the violence of 
the West, or like the even like the imagined violence of the West. Yeah, I mean, like, it was like it was like heroicizing the. Uh, I don't know if that's a word, but I love it. So I'm yeah, use well, it. I'm, I'm sure it's I'm using heroicizing it. the uh, like slaughter of Native Americans because right, they're all right, like hand wringing villains in right, the shows that come guys. on right before this. Right, you know. Oh yeah, the yeah Indians, right? Yeah, like yeah, like right. They're all bad, and. Uh, it's it's just a really nice moment, whether it was meant to be or not. But I feel like it was. I feel like people at that yeah, time, yeah. like uh, like the writers at that time knew, and that was yeah. put in for a reason. So I appreciate that. This is like our most lib cuck episode ever. I think. Nah, we told him to buy Bitcoin, and we it's talked true. about Benghazi. <laughs> talked about so. Pizzagate. We're on- yeah, there's Pizzagate. Yeah, we. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's for everyone, I guess. Yeah. Everybody could enjoy this sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. It's, uh, TOS has a lot of episodes where they just, uh, randomly are in a period in history. Like, they're on the gangster planet, or the right. Greek planet, or the Nazi planet. Nazi planet. I'm yeah. glad that they had a little bit of artifice for this one, at least, that makes yeah. it not that there's a planet of cowboys. There's no, there's no Westworld in Star right. Trek. Right, not yet. Which I, I haven't watched Westworld, so I imagine it is a planet full of robot cowboys. I've never seen the original Westworld. I haven't seen but any. I've, I've watched the show, and the show is really good. There's so much I should watch that I don't. Like, every time I go to any of my streaming services, I'm like, I should watch something new that people tell me is really good. That's everybody, man. There's shows that, like, I've never watched all the Sopranos, so. And people are like, dude, you're fucking out of your mind, you know? I've never watched The Wire. I don't think I've seen all of Sopranos. I've seen a lot of it. I haven't seen seen any of The Wire. Yeah. I've not watched The Wire, which is like a, a sin. Yeah, <laughs> Apparently, my biggest I'm going sin is I haven't watched Breaking Bad. People like I haven't either. People haven't go either. nuts when they find out yeah. I haven't watched Breaking Bad. I tried to watch it, and then it was like, I, it just felt like climbing a mountain. And I was it like, felt I'm not very ready to depressing cl- to begin yes. with as well. I yeah, was like, yes. I'm sure there's like comedy in this later, but this is like so heavy. Yeah, it's too much. Too much. Uh, it was at a time when shit was going wrong as well, so maybe now is not the best time either. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think I want to start watching The Wire right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not really... I'm not really feeling it right now. Like, uh, I end up watching, like, new shit that just comes out of Netflix's butt more often than I do anything that people recommend me, because it's just way easier to get a hold of. Yeah, it's just there, and you're like, fuck it, why not? Like, I've seen... all of the season one of Altered Carbon, and oh, yeah. I've started watching season two of Altered Carbon. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah I started watching season two of Lost in Space, and then I kind of was like, I don't actually really care. Yeah, I didn't finish season one because of that. I got to a yeah. certain point near the end, and I was like, I don't really care about this. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of like... Uh oh, here we go again. You yeah, know? and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> like Altered Carbon, I will say, starts out really bad. I thought it was gonna yeah. suck. Like, I when watched I first the first episode, it. and I was like, I don't want to watch. Like this. around episode two or three, it becomes like a neo noir, where right. the main character is like a detective instead of just That's being cool. an asshole. <laughs> right, right. And there's a real mystery unfolding, and I was like, oh, this is pretty all right. <laughs> that's that's a lot of Netflix stuff. You're like, this is pretty all right. Yeah, I I will defend. I think Netflix, out of all of them, has the best original shows. Oh yeah, I'll agree with that for sure. 
I mean, Prime is pretty good, but, you know, and Netflix, I will give them credit, too. They cancel a lot of stuff that doesn't work. That's true. Like, I can't, like, I can't have multiple streaming services. I usually just have two. Yeah. I try to keep Hulu because it has a lot of TV shows, and I try to keep yeah. Netflix because of the original content and stuff. Yeah, I have Disney and Hulu and Prime and Netflix. That's all I. That's all I pay for. So there's so many others. Like the, at a, at a certain point, that would have been an inordinate amount of streaming services to have right. four. Now but that's like one thirtieth of what you can get. I I honestly like I don't. I'm not like super into having Disney because it's like really like. Why do I have like, it? <laughs> what is there besides the Mandalorian? Yeah, I mean the Clone Wars. The last season is coming out, which is good to have. Like, I want to watch cool. it, and I can watch like all the Star Wars movies. But like at the same time, it's like hey, okay, whatever. You know, I don't know. I'm not like I'm not on there watching like. D- don't they have fucking... like slightly changed versions of the original trilogy? They have the. Uh, I think it's the. The re-releases, the ninety, the the yeah. special editions. I think that's there, what there's are. like a weirdly changed moment that like became a meme for a while. Where uh, during the Han and Greedo scene, mm-hmm. uh, right before Han shoots Greedo, he says McClunky, and that's I, only in the Disney Plus version. I don't know what that means. I, it's in his weird Greedo language, and there's no subtitles. He so just says it, and he gets what? shot and dies. Why did they do that? I don't, I I don't, don't know. No, that was why it became a meme, because everybody was like, why the fuck did they do this? What is the purpose? Man, you would think that they couldn't make it any worse, but yet here we are. <laughs> it's it's not worse. This is more confusing. Like It's worse. It seems, it's definitely worse. It seems to be the only change in the whole thing as well. <laughs> It's definitely stupid, and why did they do maybe it? Maybe he says, like, fuck you, and that's why Han maybe shoots that's him. What, maybe that's what McClunky means? <laughs> fuck you and Huttese? I don't know. McClunky. That's how he says it. <laughs> that's pretty good. I Am could, I talking to Greedo I could right be now? Greedo. I could fucking be Greedo in a minute. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows. You know what? That's a good ending point when I start saying I could be Greedo. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us ramble about... Yeah. Uh, well, we Everyone. rambled about Star Trek. We talked about Picard for a while, but we, it's technically Star Trek. Yeah, yes, sure. <laughs> if, if you'd like to be a part of the ramble, then you can send us in an email for our other program at mclassemail at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. Uh, you can also become our patron, patreon.com slash mclasspodcast to support what we do, join our Discord, get a ton of behind-the-scenes content like Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, M-Class Etc., our commentary track series, which we're going to be doing the Super Mario Brothers movie for soon. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that soon. That's going to be really good. <laughs> yes. It's a great movie, and we're going to do a great oh, commentary. Is it better than uh, Beastmaster 2 through the portal know. of time? What is, Josh? Really? That's a great question. Why isn't that on Disney Plus? <laughs> is that a Disney movie? No. I'd like to give a special thanks to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. You can find it's him. Dope. On... Super dope. Super incredibly dope. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore. You can find him on Bandcamp, iTunes, literally everywhere. 
My man just released an album called Eclectic Electric, and it is nice. full of bangers. So you should pick that up immediately. Hell yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back in more. We'll be back with more. Yes. M class in two weeks. And you'll get that sweet, sweet M class email in the middle with the cream that you deserve <laughs> and crave. Oh, yeah. Full of cream. Just filled up with cream. I regretted the word as soon as it came out of my mouth, so I'm glad you picked it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to do more than pick it up. I'm going to. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back with more M class goodness very soon. Bye bye. McClunky. <laughs> McClunky. <laughs>